Hey everybody, welcome to Trash Mac. I'm Rob. And it is... Oh no, I forgot what day it is. It is September 11th, 2020. And uh, we will... Uh, all right. <clears throat> hey everybody, welcome to Trash Mac. I'm Rob. I'm Coach. I'm Lizelle. And this is the Trash Bag Broadcast for September 11th, 2020. We are recapping the Darlington uh, race from last weekend. Looking forward to, where are we going? Richmond Night Race. That's going to be great. And bringing you some news from this week. How's it going, gentlemen? Uh, it's going pretty good. A nice uh, Friday afternoon, finally. Get done with this week. This week needs to be done. Yeah, fantastic, man. Happy. Good. That makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, maybe we can cheer you up mm-hmm. with some goofs, talking some smack. Okay, well, let's do it. All right. Um, Darlington is a race that happened. This concludes my book report on <laughs> the Darlington race. Darlington track is like a racetrack that I like. It's the kind of racetrack that I like. It was a race that happened, and I liked it. Book report over. <laughs> Four corners. <laughs> None of which are the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Darlington is one of those tracks. I think I talked about it last time, so I'm not going to mess around with it too much. But I really like it, even if there's not always intense action, just because uh, we sometimes get the uh, the, the roof cam stuff from just watching people drive there and how they are so on-off, on-off the throttle sort of thing and, and, and modulating everything and really, really narrow, narrower than it looks on TV. Um, when you see it uh, from the from the car view, so it's a really difficult track to drive, and it was uh, not the best race at Darlington, but it was still a Darlington race, and it was still pretty good. I enjoyed it. Track is a piece of junk. It is garbage. <laughs> it is exactly. ridiculously, uh, you know, like patchwork asphalt and cracks and and runs all over the place, bumps and and weird grooves, and that's what makes it great. I mean, those mm-hmm. things, the play that you can see from even a, like a car that has good grip, just the play yeah. from the back axle to the body shifting around as it goes slamming into these corners and slamming on the brakes. It's awesome. It's great racing. No matter what, it's going to be an entertaining race. And it was. Yeah. I totally enjoyed it. I'm, I think mm-hmm. I said like multiple times during the race <laughs> to you guys, I'm like, man, I love this. This is great. Look at this racing. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, the other comment I made was um, they showed sort of an in-car of, like, uh, I think Kevin Harvick or something when he was on old tires, and then they showed his in-car when he was on new tires, and oh my god, it looks so much different. You could see the speed just in, like you were saying, in the bouncing and the, the shimmying and the shifting and all that stuff that was happening that wasn't happening at the as much in the slow, uh, slower speed on old tires, just like you were saying. But that was a dramatic change that normally you don't get to see. Like on a lot of these mile-and-a-halfs or whatever, they just... And just you don't, you zooming really tell. by guys yes. with old tires. Yep. <laughs> just like they're Love standing it. still. Love it. And lap traffic is an issue. Uh, it's great. I would say one thing. It feels like the races are starting to get a little bit predictable in terms of, you know, who the top five, the top ten are going to end up being. I mean, we all, you know, we go in this and we go, oh, it's going to be this guy, this guy, or maybe this guy possibly this guy and generally two of those four people end up being you know in that pot of people that we pick and i mean it's cool that those guys are so consistent but you know at some point it's like man it'd be great if you know we could see 
I don't know, Chase Elliott be a little more consistent, you know, Ryan Blaney be mm-hmm. more consistent, consistent meaning being in the top 10 every week. The surprise right. winner is super fun, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great if, you know, Kevin Harvick is your guy and he's winning all the time and he looks strong. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. Good for you. But everybody was excited when Billy Byron won his first race and it was a day, yeah. right? That like, was actually pretty cool. Yeah, like everybody yeah. wants to see something like that. So, But we'll see. Now it's like clamp down time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, now it's time to like clamp down and, and be safe, right? Unless you're, unless you're facing elimination. Um, they were sort of talking about how cup contenders get raced differently and that differently doesn't mean harder. It means everybody kind of gets out of their way, which sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think some guys, I mean, you know, who are hanging on. You know, that have been either even past champions like the Bush boys, you know, they're going to have to start racing differently just to even survive, I guess, as as the playoffs go on. I said Bush, not Duke, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bushes, Bushes might come up later when we talk about Richmond. Anything else for Darlington? Uh, Just that, um, you know, uh, Kevin Harvick has been on a tear, but this was not his night. And somehow with uh, the strategy that they pulled by short pitting and getting a caution when they needed it for, uh, I think all of it was legitimate cautions. I don't think there was one debris caution, but I think it was legitimate debris. They showed it on camera, I think. Um, And he just managed, they managed the strategy themselves and get themselves in the third. And then the the top two uh, just were going for it and didn't quite have it cleared. And so he sailed by and won the race (laughs) out of luck, basically. It was not his night. And you know, that team is, if they're having a bad night and they win the race, yeah, it's unstoppable. Yeah, their competition just took themselves out in front of them. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've got one thing about this race that I want to talk about here. Um, okay. All season, who's, big, who's been the biggest complainer about practice? <laughs> Kyle Busch, no Kyle doubt. Bush. Yep. So... I find it really interesting that Denny Hamlin raced an Xfinity Series race, didn't get any points because he's a full-time cup driver, but he raced in that race. So couldn't Bush have done the same thing to get practice since he always cries about it? That's a good point. He could have. And also interesting is that Denny Hamlin on the last lap uh, was going for the lead and wrecked himself in the second place car in the Xfinity race. And then his teammate, Martin Shurex, did the same thing in the cup race. So <laughs> almost exactly the same thing. Um, of, you, different ends of the track, though. But they both just overdrove into the to- corner and thought they could slow down in time, and they didn't. Isn't there a limit for that stuff? Is that like you can only do 10 or something? Like I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you yes. might be right. Yes, I think it is 10 Xfinities, yeah. So I wonder or if he's out. 6 or 10 or something like that. But, I mean, didn't really solve the problem too much except for, uh, I guess, when Kyle Busch was running every single week in the Xfinity series and winning every single week and, like, making that, sticking up that series. So I guess it did help with that, but um, it still didn't help with the fact that you can spread the cup guys out, so there's still a cup guy in almost every race or used to be i don't know about this week this year though this year's weird this year is weird maybe he's saving those 10 or 12 for like the last 10 races of the season so he can get that practice Ooh. when it counts yeah perhaps because yeah. 
he's been one of those guys who's raced that series quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I have to think about also, does that practice really transfer over? Because uh, the wheelbases on those cars are different. I think they're shorter. I seem to recall they're like 108 inches from front to rear and or something. I don't remember what they are. What they are. But uh, there are different wheelbases and different horsepowers and different downforce packages. So how much is that going to transfer over? I don't know. But maybe it's just track time. Maybe just seat time. Yeah, I'm guessing it's probably track time. And also, too, I mean, they were also part of putting a lot of rubber down you know, or more rubber down so that when they got to the cup series, yeah. I mean, there, there've been three races already previous to that. So if someone says, Oh, the, mm-hmm. the track didn't have any rubber down. Well, we know that that's a bull jive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, <clears throat> Mike Wallace. Oh, I was sorry. I was about to ask, what's the news of the week? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Wallace. See, when you were talking to me about when you were texting us, uh, Coach, I thought you were talking about Mike Skinner, but then you were talking about <laughs> Mike Wallace. So like Mike Wallace, he's like the fat, stupid one, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Right, because Kenny's the one that everyone kind of you know hams it up in the. He's booth the and he's skinny. The, so there's the, there's skinny. Rusty Wallace, the race car uh-huh. driver. There's the <laughs> there's a dumb skinny one and the dumb fat one, right? <laughs> uh huh. That's that's Mike, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So Mike Wallace is basically uh, the Carrie Earnhardt of the Wallace boys? Sure. Um, just so that the listeners are clear, he was posting racist memes or reposting them, and his thing was like, you know, uh, by the horribly written statement, like it's like he just didn't proofread at all. He just kind of half wrote a sentence, or he was dictating the whole thing because he can't write. I don't know. Um but his his statement on that was like, well, you know, some you you, you got to be careful when posting about politics and whatever. I'm like, that's not really politics. It's not how politics works. No, it's not what it works. But 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 yeah. And he's like, yeah, you just gotta you, you just don't know where this stuff comes from. You post it without and you don't know. And it's like, why would you post that stuff except if you agreed with it? And if, the only way you agree with it is, is if you are a racist bastard. Yeah, no, you liked it so much. You wanted it. You wanted it to go to you, all your followers, friends, and family. Because I mean, like that's how a repost works. What an idiot. He's <laughs> yeah. God dang it. Now, at this point, I have no idea if it's in the family. Um, you know, the Mike Skinner, like he disavowed what his kid said or whatever. <laughs> uh, at least I think Kenny and Rusty are kind of smart enough to not talk about it. And so we can at least hold the illusion that they don't agree with Mike. There's no statement from Wes, Rusty Wallace yet. I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't want to look. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, the funny part of that story is like without context, like we text each other a lot during the week. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Jake coach is texting me and texting me and like, cause he's sharing the story. But you know, when you look down at your phone, you just get what comes up last so without scrolling down to see what's going on, all of a sudden, just like the most vile, racist <laughs> things are popping up on my phone. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, my God. Coach, stop, stop. What are you doing? I'm like in panic mode. <laughs> yeah, I believe you said something like, why is all this racist crap showing up on my phone <laughs> or something? Oh, yeah, that or was why, it. Why is Coach spamming me with racism? <laughs> I was sure you could be like, what? Oh, no, my phone was stolen or something. But then we got it. So that's the only reason I wanted to talk about that and give Mike Wallace any air. Um, and I'm really cool with that. 
I kind of want to scroll down and come back up. Greg Biffle is coming back to Cup. Oh, okay. We're going straight to it. Here we go. Oh, good Lord. Press release. After seeing his longtime teammate and lover, Matt Kenseth, get back in the saddle (laughs) for full-time racing at NASCAR's highest level, could a 50-year-old Greg Biffle be the next to find the fountain of youth? (laughs) Now, this is the line of the article. He'd be open to it should a competitive team come a-knocking. Greg Biffle, nobody wanted you last year. What? You couldn't get a ride on a competitive team in your heyday. Well, he got the he got the the route. I think I think the right cup series car. Yes, Greg Biffle said Tuesday when asked if he would entertain a return to the cup series full time. To define that is very difficult for me. You know, I've never been in a competitive ride before. Uh, something, 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 bug-eyed dummy. It's a non-story, but I thought we could laugh at it. I had a thought. Yeah? I got a great thought. Maybe he could take Bubba Wallace's ride. 43 ride. I, gosh, I would really hope that if that they could get another young up-and-coming driver... Well, then mm-hmm. he'd still be true as to never racing for a competitive... <laughs> <laughs> so uh you want some interesting but greg biffle uh trivia oh my gosh yes please Are you ready? okay so first off you asked is he still married the answer is nope um he has actually been sued by his ex-wife that he secretly videotaped her and her mother in their bedrooms at their mansion that's um, right and has shown oh images to gosh, third parties the greg biffle scandal i forgot <laughs> and here's the, here's the deal. His excuse is uh, I pu- I put those up there because I want I thought the maids might be stealing something. <laughs> he put, he installed video cameras in his wife and in his mother in law's bedrooms and then sold them to porn sites. He's a terrible person. Uh huh. He is. Wow. Uh, and there was another. Another Biffle thing, but I forgot what it was, so I'll I just leave it at that. I can't believe the competitive teams aren't a knocking. Mm. <laughs> that that's um, that's amazing. Well, you know what? Good luck to Greg Biffle. I hope he does good things going forward. I really do, seriously. I don't. I hope he rots in hell. <laughs> September 10th, 2020, earlier this morning, Daryl Bubba Wallace Jr. informed Richard Petty Motorsports he will not be returning to the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season. We will complete the season with Wallace behind the wheel and the number 43 Chevy, blah, blah, blah. We look forward to the next chapter of making the iconic number 43 team. We will announce our new driver in the near future. Uh, don't know where he's going yet. Yeah, I'm... Thinking the 48, but if not there, then where? If that not there, then where? 48 would be I great. Mean, Maybe the 20. Or is that where is that where Tony Stewart's putting Kyle Larson back in Cup Series? The optics of how it would look, it'd probably be better to put Bubba Wallace in that car versus Kyle Larson. 
Yeah, that's going to be a rough pull. Well, maybe him and Mike Skinner can go to the sensitivity <laughs> training together. <laughs> Kyle Larson's like, damn, bro, look at those memes. What's wrong with you? Calls him the N-word and leaves. Yeah, and he wasn't even in a real car when he did all that. So I just saw what you posted, Rob. Mm-hmm. California Speedway. Ah, all right. This is there. huge news. This is huge. I know we'll be going to more races because of it. So Auto Club Speedway in California plans to redesign into from a two-mile oval into a half-mile short track is what we're referring to. Yeah, when I read that article, the first thing I thought to myself was it would maybe be cool if they had both, if they could possibly figure out how to do both. I mean, I know that the property is not that big, but um, but I would encourage, I mean, I love the big super speedways. Trust me, I'm not going to lie about that. But if they had to change something, if they're going to change it to a short track, that would be awesome. It's interesting Looking at this, this like a markup, this drawing, doesn't it look like the front stretch is the same? But what they've done is they've just collapsed it down onto itself. So it's like a long, skinny thing with tight corners. Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, the, the still the front stretch was at least, if it was a two mile track, the front stretch was at least what, uh, half a mile, three quarters of a mile. Okay. Um, so, and the whole track's going to be a half mile. So they say that it's going to be similar to Martinsville. I was going to say it um, looks like a Martinsville type layout. Yeah, with a, but a, a curve on the front stretch, so it's not a complete straight. So uh-huh. that's interesting. That'll be, that'll be kind of fun and interesting to see. Um, so maybe they're going to uh, bulldoze down some of the some of the spectator stuff on the on the sides. It looks like they took like the inner third of the of the spectator seats. So they're reducing capacity. It's really um a kind of a brilliant marketing move to reduce capacity at a track that hasn't been selling out for years. Uh so let's make it a short track, reduce the capacity and then uh we'll get, you know, even if we lose crowd, we'll still sell out. So and... I wonder if the actual grandstand everything is going to be higher now because the track is smaller. I mean, oh, yeah, there's, there's see, definitely yeah. more places for people to sneak in now, but um, <laughs> 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 uh, those were the days, huh, Rob? Those uh, were the days. Uh, didn't you grab some crap out of it at one point from from there, from like the garages or something? I had, I had a tire. For yeah, a that's while. what it was. It was it a was tire hanging in my garage, and <laughs> I think we got all kinds of like, swag when we walked into the like. VIP section that one year and just hop from tent to tent. Totally not supposed to be there, but we were there. Drunk, of Mm. course. (laughs) What? No. Yes. We get there at 7 a.m. right when the gates open so that we can have a good day. There is nothing like a 7 a.m. ice cold cooler (laughs) beer at a racetrack, man. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so Jimmy Johnson's teaming with who now? Chip Canassi, huh? Jimmy Johnson partnering with Chip Canassi for IndyCar deal. Chip Canassi today, Ganassi, today announced a partnership with seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson that will set the 83-time NCS winner official. We'll see the 83-time NCS winner officially explore the possibility of racing a full road and street course calendar. 
in 2021 and 2022. That's not retirement. I think that's pretty cool because if he goes to Chip Ganassi or if he ends up going to like, um, yeah, I, I think Chip Ganassi would be great for him to go to. I think he'd be good. Um, he could get some insight from Tony Stewart and it'd probably be a good thing. Either him or, or Roger Penske would be another one that would be really good for him to go to in terms of like running, running Indy. Go ahead, Rob. Everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie. <laughs> I was just going to. You. Serious. You lie. You have been so anti Jimmy Johnson, especially when I, I he broke the news that he was going to go. Full like uh, full full steel steam IndyCar next year, and you're like, yeah, screw that traitor, blah blah blah. And now you're now you're all, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. What okay, the hell? okay. <laughs> but since he's going that direction, go with the two best teams uh-huh. you can go to. Okay, dead to me were, were the words that came out of your mouth. <laughs> dead to me. And then the Tony Stewart comment, really, really. And then we get on the we get on the all week long. It's Smack, 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 smack. And we get on the podcast. Oh, I wish Jimmy Johnson the very best of luck in open wheel racing. That sounds great. Maybe him and Tony Stewart can really make a deal together and walk hand in hand through the pearly gates of heaven because they're such great guys. <laughs> so full of crap. <laughs> I don't even know why we have this show. I'm just going to sit here and lie to people. <laughs> I'm actually pretty serious about that. <laughs> Uh, okay. If you think about it, though, I mean, yeah, okay, so is he freaking Benedict NASCAR Arnold? Of course. But <laughs> the fact that he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to bounce the open wheel. Cool. At least set yourself up the right way. Don't go and pull a freaking Greg Biffle and come back with some scrub team. You know, it's like, at least pick the right guys, dude. Roger Penske, can you p- can you pick a better team than that? Or even Ganaski, dude. I mean, those guys are like freaking been really stro- strong in a in the open wheel situation. They've been strong, man. So I mean, you know, even if he even if he went an Andretti, it'd be great. I, I can respect that opinion about Jimmy Johnson, but my God, it sounds like you're doing a contortionist act to <laughs> reconcile those both of those <laughs> dead to me <laughs> defector Benedict Jimmy. And then all of a sudden, yeah, best of luck with Ganassi. That's a good idea for him. What? That, how do you reconcile having those two opinions? Uh, if, if you really anyway. want to know. <laughs> yes. Scotch? <laughs> I, I think the funniest part about it is I didn't make the playoffs, so I'm going to go bounce to somewhere else. I'm a six-time champion, but I'm going to go bounce to open wheel because I can't get it done anymore in real racing cup. <laughs> Not the open wheel garbage. Not that Formula One garbage cup. Do you think that part of this is because of just the terrible final season that he's having? You think if he were in the playoffs and racing for his eighth championship, none of this would happen? I think it'd be completely different. I think he'd be a different guy. But right now, he's just like, I'm looking for a different experience. Yeah, whatever. I don't agree with that. I think that if he was racing for his eighth championship, he'd be trying to go out on a high note because he's already called it quits ahead of time. And 
you'd want to go out on a high note and then say, hey, I'm quitting full time. I'm not going to stick around and be a scrub. Like the only reason I think he would come back next year is because the season has been so terrible. And he's said recently, he's very clearly said, I'm not coming back. And so he's trying to fill up his uh, his schedule, I think, next year with the open wheel stuff, with all the open wheel, not just a part time thing. And I think that's kind of interesting timing just to bring it back to Bubba Wallace that he really reaffirmed that this is not his, he's not coming back mm. like last week. And then Bubba Wallace says, Hey, I'm not coming back to Richard Petty. So I think that just with no proof of anything sounds to me like he's going 48. Yeah. There's definitely like pieces of the puzzles are kind of lining up. Right. Uh-huh. I look at it this way. If he was racing for championship right now and he won a championship, if he retired, I think I'd completely get it. Cool. Go ride your bicycle, do everything that you do in the off season. That'd be fine. But like this whole, I'm running the open wheel thing. I'm trying to be a good guy about all this, man, but. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, he is. And it's infuriating. Okay. I don't tune in. All right. Here, let's be a nice guy. Yeah. So anyway, so. Yeah, I was going to even bring up Silly Season, but guess what? We just talked about all that Mm because that was part of our NASCAR news for the week. So, hey, um, where are we in the playoff standings? Okay, so on the bubble, um, currently Eric Almirola is the 12th place uh, driver. is the last one that will make it into the next round. Clint Boyer, Cole Custer, Matt DiBenedetto, and Ryan Blaney are at the bottom. And they are on track to be eliminated. So Blaney needs to tr- ideally finish in maybe like the top eight. Yeah. Uh, he needs to finish in the top 10 in the next two races, uh, Richmond and Bristol, um, because they will cut out, they will actually eliminate four after Bristol. And I, I, I like Ryan Bland. I think he's a good guy. What's his record at Richmond? In the last four races, uh, I'm looking at Blaney. I can't even find him here. Um, okay. He <laughs> has good. an average finish of 20.8. Oh! Good. No. I wonder if that's better or worse than guys like Dibedetto and Dylan and Bowman. Uh, De Benedetto is one one below him. Uh, average finish of twenty two. Bowman is above him at average finish of seventeen point five, and Byron is at seventeen point two. So both of those guys have better records for the la- over the last four races. You better step it up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, um, wow. You better step it up. <laughs> yeah, he's got to do something, man, because <laughs> he needs yeah, to get I mean, above he, his weight he's, class. He's a, good, he's a good young driver. I'd love to see him do well. All right. Um, Richmond's an interesting track. It's actually a pretty cool track, actually, because yeah. I almost feel like they saved the best tracks for last for the playoffs, if you think about it. I mean... I know you guys aren't big Talladega fans, but I am. Um, Richmond, um, it's got that short track feel to it. So, I don't know. What are you guys thinking about Richmond? I think it's going to be great. I haven't seen anything this season from a night race or a flatter, you know, shorter track that makes me think that it's going to be anything but fun. Okay. I mean, Richmond has a tendency to go for long green flag runs uh, and people go laps down and it gets kind of gets a little little long in the middle. Um, but, you know, it is really tight off a of turn two 
and that's when a lot of action happens. And uh, so, you know, if they have a, a short run to the finish, then there'll definitely be some a lot of beating and banging and passing and whatever's going on. Um, I was just saying, it used to be like it was a really hard track to pass on, and people mm-hmm. would lose patience. And it was one of those times where it's uh-huh. like, you got to move them out of the way because I got to go. Yep. Um, kind yep. of track. Well, that's where I was going. Um, I miss <laughs> the bang, the banging, the beating on people, and I miss all the attitudes when you get crashed out and you have a problem and you you're speaking to reporters and your emotions are flowing and fingers are flying. <laughs> and- <laughs> Is Richmond where Ricky Rudd clocked that dude in the head with a yes. bottle? Oh yeah, yeah, because he got sucker punched by his engine tuner and then he's he. <laughs> His own team guy, and then he threw a water bottle at him. Yeah, I think that was Richmond. I know that's where Ricky Rudd and Kevin Harvick had a big old post race confrontation. Yeah, they're pinning Ricky Rudd to his car so he couldn't get out. <laughs> yeah, we need more of that kind of racing because those are racing routes, you know. And this whole clean, fun, loving racing. I mean, as much as I love NASCAR, man, when there's some controversy and some drama after a race, it just makes all our hearts just soar a little bit more. Would you agree? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that's the Lazelle I know. The one who takes joy in yes. other people's pain. Misery. Who, who just wants to see the world burn in chaos. That's the Lazelle I want. I wish Jimmy Johnson the best of luck. So, what are we looking at for Richmond? I mean, who've been the strong drivers maybe like the last four or five years at Richmond? Well, Lizelle, you're up first this week. You're going to go with the numbers. You're going to follow your heart. You know, it's it's really interesting you say that, and I'm just looking at this thinking the playoffs have started, and we got guys who have to, like, start making moves. And I was really looking at Chase Elliott. I think he is probably going to finish pretty well at this race. I think he's done. Historically, he's been really good. But remember, he's got to be a guy who's got to start moving up because as the playoffs start to condense, if he wants to stay in it, he's got to make sure that he's like really aggressive and making sure that he's in that top four or five per se. Do you guys agree? I don't consider him a bubble driver. I don't think he'll take any risks. I think he would take a 10th place finish at Richmond, no problem. He, he, will, he will fight like hell to get in the top 10, and then I think he's going to do what he can to stay in that top 10 and maybe move forward to top five if he can. And I admire that about him. I really do. However, Denny Hamlin is who I'm taking. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. Hey. Me last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, although it turned out in your kind of in your favor because Denny Hamlin was not a good pick last no, week. I picked Denny Hamlin last week, and I might as well pick. <laughs> oh, and Coach, you picked Harvick last week too, right? I did. You sure <laughs> did. Mm-hmm. So this week I am picking Martin Truex Jr. That's a that's a solid pick at this track. It's solid. I, even before I saw the stats, I just remember him doing well at this track, and I remember him. Uh, He's been strong. He's just had errors of judgment, and I think he's probably corrected those, maybe, hopefully. Um, Although he also, uh, he doesn't quite fold under pressure like Denny Hamlin, but he does 
complain about a lot of things that are like a lap car took the air off my nose and what an idiot and I couldn't get up to the lead because of it and I could I lost me in the race and I'm like well if you couldn't pass the lap car then you probably couldn't have passed the leader but <laughs> who knows <laughs> so um anywho uh but I'm still picking him I'm going to I'm going to stand by him I think he knows Richmond really well and he's got the last two wins here so he'll be good and I'm glad I picked him because I don't want to have to pick who's number 2 on my list Ooh, I'm going to guess that number two on your last list is Kurt Bush, or Kyle Busch. And, Kyle uh, Busch, indeed. I would I not, will never pick him. But. Uh, exactly. I would, did not put him on my list. In fact, as I was going and making my list, Martin Truex was on top. Then it looked like Kyle Busch. Nope, didn't even write it down. Then I was thinking about <laughs> uh, Denny Hamlin. And I was like, eh, okay, maybe Denny Hamlin. And I also had the thought of Chase Elliott. Like, hmm, this could be a Chase Elliott track. But at this point, I have to figure... Who in that lineup can beat Martin Truex Jr.? Wait, before you it's, go. I have two. I have two, but yeah. Uh-huh, I just wanted uh-huh. to let you guys know that I had Hamlin one, Keselowski two, believe it or not. And that's those are the yeah. And Chase Elliott three. That's one of the two. Wow. Huh. Hmm. But go ahead, Rob. Uh, I, I, I got to go with Kevin Harvick. It's just, I, I don't <laughs> like picking him all the time, mm-hmm. um, but he's the strongest driver. He's the strongest team. And uh, I, I don't like, he beat Mark Drewex last week. <laughs> we didn't yeah. see that coming. So if anybody's yeah. going to do it, it it's got to be him. He's got team. He's got this driving style on the restarts where he just pushes somebody into the corner <laughs> and passes them every time. Um, yeah. And he's got luck. So, He's good on flat tracks, too. Yeah. Um, the reason I wouldn't pick him is because he got that win, and he is now locked in for the next week, so he might be... Oh, well, actually, I mean, A, he's gonna, he probably could take a, wi- take a risk to just, you know, pit strategy to, to try and win, uh, then spoil some other people's days. Maybe he's going to go around and wreck some people. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but between the two, I was going to say uh, I was going to go either Harvick or Keselowski if I couldn't pick Truex, and I was going to go Keselowski because I think he's still uh, he's another guy who kind of is a right place at the right time kind of guy um, where he's won a lot of races like that where he just he keeps coming back and he's gone like laps down multiple laps down in races and then come back and finish third or something. So he's another guy I would pick. So what's the starting lineup for this week? Tomorrow actually, I think it's Sunday, but it's tomorrow. Uh, let's have a look. Although it doesn't really make much of a difference. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't seem so. like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> uh, I mean, NASCAR apparently doesn't care that it's not on their front, on the front of their page. Um, Oh, I bet it's on the front of Jayski's page. Hang on here. All right. Well, I'm going to go to schedule and I'm going to click the thing and Richmond news photos, weekend race center. How many laps, what date, what channel, how many miles, what drive? Oh, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Lawson Dillon, <laughs> Alex Bowman, William Byron, Kyle Busch, Danny Hamlin, Kurt Busch, Krakosowski, Eric Alvarado, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, is this by points? Are they lining them up by points? Oh, no. They still have their it's, weird, like, three-factor three factors, factor yeah. esoteric thing. Yeah, okay. Fini- yeah, finish position, fastest lap, and points. All right. So, so Kevin Harvick starting on the pole. And Denny Hamlin is starting seventh, and Martin Truex Jr. is 14th. 14th. Yeah. That has a lot to do with and, – and look, dude, Bowman could even do well as well. He's up there. Um, mm. I have no faith mm. in the Dillon boys. Sorry. 
You know, Austin Dillon is actually showing up as a decent driver um, after enough time, but the Ty Dillon is just now. Oh, look, there's Clint Boyer in 11th. Yeah, where he will stay. <laughs> Outside the top 10. Talk to you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>